Hi everyone and welcome to Intent, this conversational space about everyday life, the stress and strain it puts on us, the challenges and the celebrations. I'm Jim Sutton and I'm with Steve Rouse who's a good friend and indeed colleague. We have these chats once a week, connecting our journey through life and wrestling with whether our faith and pursuit of God makes a difference, and if so, then how? This week we're thinking about talking to others, to God, and to ourselves I suppose. Does every conversation have to be a work of art, or does sitting in sullen silence count as building relationship? We'd love to hear from you, so join the conversation by tweeting us at intenttalk or by email to jim at ballonbaptist.co.uk. But for now, here's the chat. You know, I want to express myself again, I want to kind of get out there. And yes. Oh, that old... Interesting, um, isn't it? That purple fedora is going to come in handy, I can tell. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> I can pull it out again. I can pull it out again. I've, I've realised I'm getting to that age where, you know, when you kind of think back and you're kind of like, oh, I used to have one of those, you know, like kind of like how fashion goes around so quick or whatever. Oh, I walked past the, I walked past Zara this morning on the way into work and um, it's, again, they always change it slightly there because the, 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 I don't know if you remember, you were too young. There was a, there was <laughs> so a stage young. at which so donkey jackets were in fashion. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an odd thing when you think about it. It's funny how, like, it's a bit like the star that's been in at the moment, that that company, um, Dickies, because they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's they just call work, the, you know, it's just workwear, workwear, um, and donkey jacket. And I saw there was like a, but they've changed it. So, but it definitely was that kind of donkey jacket look. I thought it's come back in. Yeah, yeah. Everyone can get a job on the bins now. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> If only, if only they would bring bring fluorescent vests in. I can. Oh, I don't, there's definitely going to be a time. There'll be a time. There'll be a time. Oh, funny, funny. Speaking of things that have come in, um, <clears throat> happily enough, um, I'm I'm glad to report that my my in-laws have arrived, uh, which is which is excellent. They've landed from from Australia. They popped in. Uh, they're with us for a good few weeks. I think like eight weeks or something. Um, with like helping us a little bit with childcare and and that kind of thing which is they've been brilliant but they've been they've been here a week and um i think being st- stuck at home um with some small children is this it's not the most exciting existence or whatever so um i think we need to give them a bit of time off to go and see some castles and everything else but like <laughs> so like they're they're looking after looking after danger and during the days when sarah's working um and then going to pick up Ada from nursery and r- really being brilliant in that sense. And in, in some ways it's kind of, oh, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real blessing because um, it's, it's full on, it's full on trying to both work and look after kids and get them somewhere here, there and mm-hmm. everywhere. Anyway, but what it, what it means is like they're, they're doing that stuff and Sarah's at work and then coming home and I'm at work and then coming home. And, but like, we both come home to, um, not chaos, but you come home to the whole like welcome of small children and stuff, which is wonderful and brilliant and everything else. And then it's like dinner time and then it's bath time and then bedtime and everything else. And so like the, the conversations you have as adults are absolutely rubbish. Like, you know, like you just kind of walk in the door, you're like, oh, you're just immediately doing a thing because Ada's charged out just wearing her pants and wants to shout something at you and then charge off up the stairs or, um, you know, <laughs> that's the first thing. She'd like run out of the door and go, daddy. And like, she could be wearing anything and covered in all manner of substances or like <laughs> paint marks or whatever, um, or just be upset about something. Um, and like all that goes on you just come home and you're just in the rough and tumble of everything else. And so like sitting down, even though we, we try and eat together, like all of us, um, you sit down at the dinner table and somebody may be able to get in their 
like get their elbows out and be able to ask a question of like, how was your day? And then like, all you've basically got the time to do is say, oh yeah, good. And then like, there'll be like an interjection and there's something else going on and like, there'll be some like demand for this, that or the other. And that's just from the adults. Um, and so like try, trying to work out how you, how you have better conversations, how you ask better questions. And it made me think like, I've, I feel that frustration now, but I mean, me and Sarah were no good at it before like Lynn and Craig came, you know, like that would be it. It'd be like, how was your date? Yeah, good. Yeah, fine. Um, kind of thing. And then, and then something else turns up and you just carry on. And then I don't know, it's either, either you go to bed and you think, oh, I didn't, I didn't say this. We didn't talk about that or whatever, or our usual modus operandi is that what you say like how we do stuff is um like just wait three weeks until something like of <laughs> vital importance is gonna happen and then you're like oh yeah i never told you about this <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna go away for two days or something like that no it's not happened quite yet but it could do uh and so like you don't you don't have those that depth of conversation you know you're not your ships passing the night but you're just kind of touching base and there can be some stuff that's happened during the day but you never you never share with anyone or you would touch in and whatever. And I, f- I find that even with, with Ada at nursery, you know, like, I mean, it's weird, not weird. It's wonderful now, like kind of that you get, um, I don't know, whatever the app is called, like tapestry thing. And like they put on like little pictures of what the kids have been doing during the day and whatever. So you get some insight, but like to ask her about her day, like it's opaque or like complete, like any, like just nonsense, you know, you're just like, what? Like, I'm sure it makes sense to you, but I, I'm really struggling to form some coherent picture of what's actually happened here today. It could be some chat and like mention of some kid's name and then somebody else was sad and there was, it's okay. Cause there was a unicorn and what, well, you know, like it's kind of, it makes sense to them, but as an adult, you can't work it out. So it's kind of like, how, how do you ask better questions? And I, I, I tried this a little bit. Um, Sarah roll her eyes so hard. She'll put her neck out of this, but like um, that try, trying to ask better questions. And I found this set of questions, which, um, were kind of for I suppose that they were aimed at like ch- um, school age children and particularly for adults so that you could ask better questions so rather than just saying oh how was your day what would you do what did you do or whatever um trying to get a little bit more out of them or trying to get a bit more connection and like what one of them was like um oh like who who made you laugh today you know like it's that kind of question that just means that you've got a few little um ways of trying to pitch in so i i started trying to ask sarah these questions um like to, to try and help us uh connect a little bit more um and i don't she she, she wasn't keen oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know anything i got a good idea i can really help our relationship and she's like no i don't want to play i don't, I don't want to play this game jim's got never stupid questions he's gonna ask me can't i just say fine and then go do something else <laughs> but i think i think it's it's kind of like that that tr- like you're a you're a big fan of like a good question or a good like little conversation starter or whatever what have you found that's good or helpful or particularly like i don't know whether it's an ordinary everyday life and trying to build relationship with those that you maybe live with and so you're connecting at the beginning and ends of days or whatever uh or even like pushing it into kind of like trying to follow jesus and that discipleship side of things like how do how do you ask better questions rather than like you can turn up to a church community and just be like oh how are you how's your week whatever and you have these kind of perfectly lovely but fairly banal conversations and everybody goes away again without really really meaningfully connect but i love i love the idea and don't don't let let sarah put you off or or, or any of the because <laughs> i think 
I really like the idea of kind of, um, you know, storing in your mind some of those questions. I think they think they can be the thing that just opens up the conversation because you're absolutely right. And I was, as you were sharing to start with, I was thinking about, you know, our children are old, are, are young adults now. And so you think, you know, I totally remember that stage where coming home from a day's work, you both come in and exactly as you describe it, the way you kind of tumble through the next few hours and just there's a moment where they're in bed, but you just fall back in a chair somewhere and you sit silently for a bit, like just, just looking at the mess around you. And, and I get that, but the re- you're right. The reality is even when you move on to a different stage of life, the conversation's n- n- no, no less flowing just because you're out of that stage of life and, you know, Jack's 22 now and for some reason doesn't want me to bath him anymore or read him a bedtime story. I don't know what's wrong with him. But um, no, but it, but sometimes, and it's an odd thing, isn't it, with conversation? Because you were making my head think about a few things. My head was thinking, sometimes conversation just sparks for no reason at all and somebody just brings something to the, to the table. I am I wouldn't say for me, and like you often say this, you know, you'll say that I'm good at doing this with people and just having conversation. I think as I walk towards somebody, my head just thinks about who they are and what they're into. Mm. And usually just one little thing um, that might spark it for me. So got a great young lady who works on the front desk here at LICC called Annie. And Annie's just she's a really interesting person. She's got, and she's really she's quite into her tattoos sort of thing. So sometimes I'll just kind of spark with the thing and we'll talk about that. And I'll ask her about it and about, you know, just, and once you're on the conversation, it usually leads to kind of something else or, yeah, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I just find myself doing that with all sorts of people. I think quite about who they are and what might, what might kind of launch the conversation with them. I think sometimes the closer you are to people, the harder that is, because you, you know, you've kind of, I don't know, you think, oh, are they, <laughs> I've told them about this before or <laughs> whether, whether it's, whether it's that sort of thing. But I think a lot of it for me is, um, is about they're just trying to hook somebody on the thing that they might, and it doesn't, you know, this, it doesn't always, it doesn't always go. It doesn't always like you like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just got to walk away and kind of go, yeah, that didn't, <laughs> that didn't work today. But I love the idea. Of, I thought you were going to fire at me questions about. Oh, um, I should have. I should have. I've, I've long since like most of the other ones have kind of like just like evaporated from my mind because um, I, uh, I'm a confidence player, and as soon as my like confidence starts to go with something, I'm just like, right, fine, not going to do that anymore. Forget it. Um, so yeah, I need to dredge up that list uh, of, of twenty they're questions hard, somewhere. But they're hard questions as well, aren't they? Because you, like you say about when we get together as a as a as a church community, for example, you, you don't want it to be false, do you? You don't want it no. to be kind of like I don't know something that's not. But you you want to you want to kind of tap into a deeper kind of conversation to get get over the you know get sort of whatever the phrase would be sort of over the line with people a bit more and yeah. beyond talking about the weather so i try even on a sunday for example i'm not saying this is the most helpful thing but sometimes people walk out and say you know if, if i've been speaking or whatever oh, i really appreciate that yeah. to actually not just nod your head and smile but kind of go oh yeah what what aspect of it was it or mm. you know or i don't know what are you finding helpful at the moment as you try and follow you know as you try and live this out or whatever and just see see if something bites for people that's not really is question. that how you ask the question how, how's this oh just whatever like, <laughs> 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 and then they never come back again <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, why? Why haven't they come back? That's a bit miserable. But do you find this? Do you find this plays out a bit? Because you were making me think as well, and I thought maybe where you were thinking of. But do you find it plays out even in in your relationship with God? Because I kind of find what you described in terms of family. My head was thinking an awful lot of my relationship with God is is as mundane as that. Mm. It's like, and sometimes, and, and then now and then, and probably this happens in family life, now and then you'll just have a beautiful moment, you know, with one of the kids or with Sarah, and you'll have a brilliant conversation over, a, you know, just you'll be like, oh man, why isn't it like that all the time? Yeah. And I find with, with God sometimes, like you'll have time moments sometimes where it's like, wow, that just felt so connected whereas the realities i would say most days are like you described for your family yeah do you find the same sort of thing or yeah i reckon that's that's not a bad little lens i think um yeah that yeah you're right in that some some days like conversation with god whether you want whether that's like concerted time around prayer or just the way like some people talk about praying like breathing you know like kind of um like you're ongoingly praying during the day or whatever trying to be um yeah um whatever the word is uh recognizing the presence of god you know in in everyday moments and that kind of thing um but there are some things that really kind of just grab you and you have that have like a moment or a bit of time or whatever and that's yeah there's energy to it and then most of the time it kind of feels like i don't know um it's it's hard because you end up dragging family family things and projecting them onto god but like sometimes it feels like you're both just sat at the breakfast table eating your breakfast opposite each other and there might be the vague recollection vague um, recognition that you're there but like kind of you're into your own stuff now i know that's not quite true with god and i'm sure there's there's probably better imagery in terms of his focus upon us and attentiveness to us in a way that other people probably aren't um but yeah, I think I think there's definitely something in it. I think that's that's definitely my experience that all of prayer is not prayer and that kind of meaning. Well, maybe it's beyond prayer. It's prayer and Bible reading and the the active things you try and do to develop your relationship with God. The times that you kind of turn up at the whatever you call it, like kind of almost like the coffee table of your mind, or like just curl up on the sofa with somebody or whatever, and it's kind of like oh, wait, let's. Let's de- let's deliberately do that, you know. This the kind of deliberate steps to to draw near to God, um, and and a lot of them are really really mundane. Like you say about um, like when the kids go to bed and everything else. That Sarah and I just sit on the sofa and watch Married at First Sight, you know. Like it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of um, like that's that's a really rubbish way to help develop a relationship. But at the same time, it does do something that you're you're together and um, engaged in that. And and I suppose maybe your relationship with God can be similar. Like you're taking these little, little steps each day that, that on the surface may feel like they're not really accomplishing anything, but it's, it's the deliberate trying to check in with God or at least like trying to listen to him, trying to whatever. And and maybe it's, it's kind of, there are, maybe that helps you think about how you converse with God that some people will like, you I don't know if you've got friends or whatever, you ask them like how their day was or whatever, you can just ask them that question. You know, they're just going to talk at you nonstop for 25 minutes, you know, like telling you all their ailments and everything else and and whatever. Um, and other people like you can, you can fire off 20 of your, your very best kind of little gentle, lovely digging, interesting questions and get absolutely nothing back. And um, maybe there's something in terms of the way that we, the way that we speak with God, or the way that we speak about God 
that is kind of are we are we as attentive to um i don't know whatever you call it social and emotional intelligence with god as we are with other people or do we just like kind of rabbit on about all our own problems and then slam the door shut and walk off to do something else or do we uh, i don't know like kind of how are we being with god and maybe i'm just waffling now but like maybe god's i don't know more than that or whatever but but maybe that's a helpful frame of reference to help think about how you talk to god oh yeah well you it's funny you know you tapped into something that's been on my mind a bit recently because i think one of, i think most christians i speak to if they and they talk about if you've if you've been a christian for any length of time most Christians, I would say, the thing they struggle with most, and I would put my hand up to this, would be the communication with God, their prayer life. Um, and I think I, I think a lot of us just don't know how to go about it. Or, or I'm thinking of that even now, because even talking about conversation and having a good conversation with people, and, and, and I just trip over it all the time. I think, well, God, you, you're all knowing you've seen my day like do i just relay it to you do i talk yeah. to you like i'm talking to a friend do i just relay the frustrations of my day and is it you know i was taught as a kid that it was you know just sort of god bless and kind of naming friends and family or whatever or yeah if there were particular needs that i had and i still even at the stage of my own journey sometimes i think other than it's, it's one thing to talk to god about the big things but sometimes it's like <clears throat> it's not many people let you into that world of their how they have conversation with god you know how mm. how is it appropriate to talk to them i heard a quite an interesting this thing well i heard i read quite an interesting thing this morning um and somebody was writing uh it's, it's for a piece that, that that we're doing at work and they were they're writing some um sort of daily devotions for next lent and about confidence and one of the things that um they were saying was that how kind of a, a consistency a consistent practice can build confidence and they were talking about prayer but I, i'd never heard anybody say they said they said in their daily conversation with god they don't like to end their prayers by saying amen and they like to begin their prayers by saying and lord and what they said the reason they said they found that help and they picked it up from somebody else was that they were trying to develop the practice of an ongoing conversation with God in the day. So when mm. they picked up with God at any particular point and they became intentional about starting a conversation with him, they would just say, and Lord, and then continue the conversation. And I quite, I quite liked the idea. I quite found that helpful in terms of thinking, not ending the prayer, just saying, amen, that's the end of it. Mm. But like just picking up during the day. And I, I quite like that, but I don't, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm, Let's make myself a bit vulnerable, but I'm not sure I've ever found a really comfortable rhythm to that conversation where where it's mm. not in terms of the way I was taught it. I think is it okay to be conversational with God, like to kind of talk to Him like I'm talking to a close friend or to my wife or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. What are the rules? Of, what are the rules of engagement? You know, and it's it makes me think like for for i don't know for so many people um an old um older minister friend bill bill, bill mcelroy said this that kind of like how your experience of your earthly father will fundamentally shape your view of god as father 
Mm. And I think that that really that that image of God as Father, I think, um, for me, is really strongly tied to tied within prayer, and and almost like the things it, it probably shape is probably shaped by the things you would usually to, to have spoken to your earthly father about. Those are things you end up talking to God about, um, and obviously that means well, I say obviously, but like for those who have very poor relationships with their own own, own dads here on earth or, or zero relationship, then that 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 has impact that that shapes it and everything else. If you had kind of quite an authoritarian authoritarian father or whatever, and you you had to I don't know be be on your best behavior all the time or whatever, then that probably sh- will shape the way that you and you your you you most naturally converse with God at, at a particular point. You know, not saying that's right or wrong or anything else like that, but just I think you you naturally would. Um, and it's interesting. Like I think about times in my life where I feel like I didn't blow my own trumpet or anything, but I, f- I felt like my prayer life was more healthy than it was now, um, and yet. I, 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 I think looking at it now, I can see the deficiencies in it. Like you know that it it was, uh, it was a lot of mono. Like it was one way traffic. You know, it was me to God. Like there was no no space in it. I was making space for me to talk, um, and that, that's valuable and everything else. But actually making space to listen. I mean, it makes it takes me back to that. Um, that mother Teresa thing we said it before that um when mother Teresa asked about prayer um she kind of what is, what is it she said like what is I think the question was something like how do you pray and she said um I don't say anything I I I, I listen and the person said well what is what does God say and she says well he listens too and she said I can't say it I can't say it any clearer than that you know and I think that kind of that sums up the posture of prayer for me, like kind of your, I don't know, maybe, yeah, probably for me that I, I said it a minute ago, but that image of curling up on the sofa with somebody in their presence, that that for me most resonates with how prayer feels for me, that it's, it's, it's a recognition of the presence of God that is with you. And you can use words in that space. You don't have to use words in that space. You can listen in that space, you know, but... You could both be silent in that space, but it's that kind of recognition of God being alongside us, and that, and yeah, I suppose fundamentally, that being a, that being a safe space, that almost prayer is a is a I don't know what the word would be. I'm not clever enough, but like something like a like a metaphysical space or whatever. Like it's kind of it's it's a place, but not really. But it, I don't know. I I find that imagery helpful. So do you do you find that when you approach prayer and that and your relationship with god in that way if you i quite like that picture because it takes me back to what you were saying about like thinking of a relationship with a good friend or 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 with you know a wife or a husband or somebody that you can get comfortable enough in each other's presence where just to be in each other's presence quietly can be just a really good place to be Mm. and that sometimes out of sometimes out of that and sometimes out of extended silence or you know just you know i mean it needs a bit of explaining perhaps but i I quite like the concept of sort of that solitude where there's a deliberateness about it 
where you're deliberately conscious of trying to be with God in those, that quiet. Yeah. But do you find for you then that 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 sometimes leads to particular conversation, like being quiet? Do you like you know who is the guy who talks about who just like because often our minds are like what do they call it your sort of monkey brain or whatever they call it where you you know yeah. something's bouncing around in your head. And if you ever give yourself enough time for that to settle, which is hard to do in life, but yeah. when when it does, perhaps you become a little bit more aware of what conversation you actually want to have. Is that does that make sense? Yeah, maybe, maybe because what's that? Um, is it an non-renewing thing that kind of silence and solitude being the? Um, he calls it the furnace of transformation. Yeah, yeah, and in some ways, in in is it him as well? Um, it might not be, but kind of saying that it's only in in that space that you're confronted with yourself. Mm um kind of thing yeah. and yeah, I, th yeah. I think being open to that kind of thing probably helps reveal some of the things that you do want to talk to talk to god about but like you say it's i find it i find i find it challenging to to make space for that i find it challenging in the busyness of life to make space for that like whether at, whether at home whether at work or whatever like there's there's always interruption. There's always the, the, what do they call it? The tyranny, the urgent or whatever. There's another thing that has to be done now. And therefore the important stuff like prayer gets kind of shelved or pushed, or you kind of think, Oh, I'll do it on the bus in a minute. And then what you do is you get home on the bus and you realize, Oh, actually I didn't pray. I was just daydreaming about this, that, or the other, or how much money's in the bank account or how much money isn't in the bank account or when, when our next energy bill payment's going to go out, you know, like you just, you get tripped up into these things. Um, and I, I think, uh, yeah, it's 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 a real challenge. It's a challenge to to make that space and to to make that open um, to God. And it, it it's not a mistake that people call it like a spiritual discipline because it's not it's not going to happen by accident. You can't just presume you're going to do it. Well, no, and I think I you I remember my father in law saying in a message once. Um, Lisa's dad said, you know. He, he was he was a he was a preacher. He didn't just sit you down and um, say, no, "Steve, I've got another message." <laughs> <laughs> now then, son. No, he was a he was a preacher. But I remember him sharing of his own prayer life that he said it can take up to ten minutes to really get yourself into a space where you you're kind of mm. present enough to have that conversation. And I, you know, I think about that almost every time I sit to do it because, again, that sort of jittery nature of life, the busyness of life everyone says it, you know just how like you described when you're at that stage of life with the young family it doesn't seem like rob parsons another you know he says you know that the, the biggest lie of the devil is that, that a slower day is coming and mm -hmm. it's like he says it never will and so you've got to be there's got to be a sort of intentionality about it and i think whether it's our relationship with god in terms of wanting to enter into good conversation with him or even with each other and it's the challenge of it you know perhaps perhaps some of the best conversations I've had with friends and close families when you've created a little bit of space just to be with each other a bit more. Like if, I don't yeah. know if you find this, like I used to find with Jack and he's great at my son, my yeah, son, Jack, he's great. Like if you spend a bit of time with him towards the end of the day, you'll get great conversation with him. And the other thing with him that was always great is just to go for a walk with him. Mm. He's a great conversationist when you're walking with him. Because often, like most of us, he's when he's in his work and doing his thing, he's engrossed in it. You go out for a walk and suddenly he'll start talking about music or book he's reading or just whatever it is. Yeah. And I think it's that there's something about that, perhaps the space of that or the intentionality of it. 
sometimes helps in conversation. Yeah. Well, so, certainly that thing of knowing people, like, yeah. you know, so that you kind of think, oh, I want to speak to the, like you said, like you said earlier, like about having that conversation, having a fruitful conversation with somebody involves you walking up to them and thinking about that person. I mean, like, who is this person that I'm going to meet? And maybe that helps, like thinking about Jackson or whatever, that you're thinking, who is this person I'd like to talk with? Mm -hmm. So that's going to shape the forum that I'm going to use or the thing that I'm going to suggest or the time at which I do that. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's probably helpful with God to kind of frame frame your conversation. I mean, it's a banal thing that um, probably every, every book on prayer is done, but, you know, like st starting by like even like a lot of the talking prayers like of kind of declaring who god is you know like speaking of the kind of almighty father and you know all, all of that stuff you know all of those kind of descriptions of god um they help tune you in and think oh, actually who is this person i'm speaking to but i mean when you when you were saying that about the silence and about that 10 minute thing it makes me think um i mean there's nothing new under the sun but um sometimes it's got a cooler t-shirt and a better haircut but um like that thing of of John Mark Comer because doesn't isn't isn't one of I remember hearing him talk about um doing like a 15 minute silence at the kind of start of each day that kind of just making 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 space for silence um and kind of I don't quite know what his experience of that space has been over the time he's been trying to practice it but you, you know like not not I don't get even the, the, the impression that he's trying to say anything in that space, but even not even trying to, not that he's not trying to hear anything. He's not his fingers in his ears, but you know, it's, it's the space for the sake of space because yeah. it's, it's countercultural to make it. Yeah. And I think I like that because sometimes the very pressure we feel in conversation is the pressure to say something. Yeah. And you wonder, I don't know how that, I'm trying, I can't think for a minute how that looks in a relationship with others. But. Well, I was thinking it earlier that kind of the better you know people or the closer your relationship, the longer you can spend in silence together. Yes. Yeah. You know, like if you yeah. meet somebody new, it's very awkward to sit in a room in silence together. Yeah. If you know someone well, you could probably sit there all day. Yeah. And actually, you know, and you know this, well, I... <laughs> Ada and they might be too young for this, but there are moments with your children where for whatever reason they've gone into a quiet mode and there's nothing nicer than just sitting with them and it is in silence. Like they're just happy to sit with you. I know that might be a rare Yeah, I don't I don't think <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> no, I haven't had one of those. I haven't no. had one of those. The other thing, just I don't know if this this helps. I remember um one of one of Lisa's family's friends, a guy called Louis Drummond, Louis said to me, because he was a brilliant conversationist. I was always so impressed when I was around him. And he, he's, and I remember asking him about it. And he said, Steve, just do your best in life to try and know a little about everything so that when you're with people, you can just start a conversation with them and take an, take an interest in them. And so I, I've really tried to take that on board. I'm not, it's a hard thing to do, but to try and, because because sometimes we can be like, oh, well, I'm not into that. Therefore, I'm not going to take any interest. If you've got a little bit in in, in your locker, as it were, um, you know, I, I find that good at work because people around here are into so many different things. And you think, oh, I know this lady. She's really into classical music. So you can just say, oh, it's, what's that piece of, you know, even if you show you're ignorant, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. even if it comes as an ignorant thing. It starts a conversation because they they would love to talk about the things that they are into. Are you sure? Um, are you sure? That's not it. <laughs> Everyone else is talking. That's Stevie. Doesn't know anything about anything. Goodness. 
<laughs> well, they might be saying that behind the scenes. But... <laughs> She's always asking me about stuff. Or... Oh, mind you, you say, oh, I probably shouldn't say that anyway. But yeah, you, you know, you're, I was thinking that. I was thinking that because somebody I was talking to the other day did exactly that to me. I thought, I really, I thought, oh, I've done well here. I've got in on their subject that they're, but their body language says they really, they really did not want to stay with me. They wanted to go. So I was like, all right, fair enough. Hasn't worked on this occasion. But I, I rehearsed it for ages afterwards. I beat myself for ages thinking, oh man, I got that one wrong. Oh, excellent. Well, at least you understand how I feel when I go home and try and have a conversation or pull out a new brilliant question to, to stand, stand at home and be like, there we go. This is going to go well. It's like, nope. <laughs> One word answer. The end. <laughs> Fine. When I, when I next see Sarah, I'm going to say to her, so, so what made you laugh today? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> That's going to go very badly for me. I can tell you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Who do you find it easiest to talk to? Indeed, who do you find it most difficult to sit in silence with? Tweet us at Intent Talk to join the conversation or email us through jim at ballonbaptist.co.uk. All solid gold conversation starters will be appreciated. You can find out more about the Ballon Baptist Church community through our YouTube channel or you can find us on Instagram at Ballon Baptist. We'll see you next time. <laughs>